My name is Dominic, I'm also a reader. Hi. Here. Hi. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm glad to be here and glad to be abstinent today. And um, I, um, I'm just really happy, you know, it's good to see everybody, good to see familiar faces. I um, recently, on September 8th, I was, I think it was 26 years I've been absent. Pardon me. Yeah, after September 8th, it was 26 years I was absent in this program. You know, and, uh, I, and a lot of you have heard my story endlessly, <laughs> but it works for me, I guess. Anyway, I, um, my, my story, I got here in about six months before that, in like maybe earlier in 1997. I got, I was, and I was, when I got here, I was 333 pounds. And it was, I know it was the last, 333, because the next number was E on my electronic scale. And uh, I would, it would flash between E and 333 certain days, you know, depending on what was going on. But, and my top weight before that, I had weighed one time before that, and I'd been 352 pounds, which is probably like the top weight I've been. And I only say that because, um, what I, what, I was, what I was thinking of doing, I'll um, get this thing here, so I get, don't go on and on. I, um, I'll talk a little bit first about my story. I know a lot of you have heard it, but I'll just like kind of set the basis for it, and then I'll go through the steps as I've done them and what I know about them. So my story is I grew up in Ireland. I grew up in an alcoholic home on a farm. I'm like remote is <laughs> an understatement. And, uh, um, you know, I was... Sometime I was a compulsive overeater, and like sometime by the time I was, you know, seven, eight, I, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, I was overweight and I was aware of it. And you know, people told me, you know, you're fat, or and luckily it was remote, so I wasn't a lot of teasing or bullying or stuff like that, but it was still very shameful to me because it was like, you're overweight, it's a problem, or it's not right, and there was no instruction. There was like, that's it. You know, that here's, you have a problem and they would like do something about it. So quickly what that turned into is just a lot of shame, you know, and I felt ashamed because um, by the time I was 9, 10, 11, even a little bit later, I, um, I was trying to do stuff about it. I mean, I knew about dieting and I knew about, I was talking about, I saw this lady on TV, she did the Beverly Hills diet. And I remember thinking, um, that uh, I got pineapple, you know, which wasn't that easy, you know, where I lived. And, <laughs> and I was doing that. But I got it. And, you know, I'm a resourceful little dude. And, like, I was there and I tried all that. And, like, all my experience with that is when I stopped compulsive. And I, the other thing is, I, I should say this. I, this is my story, you know what I mean? And everybody is different. But for me, I always focused on the weight. Eating wasn't the problem for me. Weight was the problem, you know. And I, that's, there's no wrong or right. That's just the way it was. And that's the way it manifests for me. And I, <clears throat> what happened is I did, I did. And every time I went on one of these diets, I lost weight. You know what I mean? Once I stopped compulsive overeating, I would lose weight. And there was no, and I was good about them. Like I, I didn't kind of half do the diets. I was kind of good. And the more extreme they were, the easier. Because I couldn't. Um, you know, we talk more about that in step one. There was no kind of partial, I can't have, like, even to this day, I don't have half of anything. You know what I mean? If you put it in front of me, it's getting eaten. You know what I mean? So, you know, I just have to be careful what I put in front of me, right? Because otherwise, there's no end. And there's certain things, there's no end. 
You know what I mean? It's eat it, get some more, eat it, get some more. But I mean, I'm an, I'm an eater. I'm not that selective. I'll, I'll eat, you know. And like what I did when I was a kid in those, I grew up in all these, there's all these farms around, including ours. Everybody ate at different times. And I would, like, this is another part of me is like, it wouldn't, I'd be at the different farms that when they ate, and then I'd be at the other farm when they ate. And, you know, and like, it wasn't even a conscious plan. It just was like automatic for me. I'm going to be where the food's going on and I'm going to eat it and then I'm going to move on. And there's no such thing as enough, you know, like there's, there's just, I mean, it's rare that it was enough because I would just eat a normal meal, but then I could go down the street and eat another normal meal. So after that, I went, you know, as a teenager, I got involved, in, like I did a lot, a lot of drinking, but I mean, I was an, a fat drunk, you know, and I, I'd fall down and I'd be like, oh, how fat I am. And, you know, it was a lot of shame, you know, just a lot of shame. And I mean, I talk a little bit about, um, you know, I'm a young kid. Of course, I want a girlfriend, but I was I was ashamed. I couldn't talk to I mean, I could talk to the girls. I could give them lots of like talk and li but I couldn't ever like I never had any relationships, really. And I couldn't, um, you know, because I was just ashamed and it was a shame because I was fat. So this is and I, and I don't say this is like. That's just what went out of my mind. And like the, the thought of my mind is like how fat I am, what I'm going to eat, and what I'm going to do sometime in the future to stop eating. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the main thing about that is it didn't interrupt what I was going to eat right now. It was going to interrupt it in the future like there was going to be a whole different plan right then. But right now, whatever was in front of me, I was going to eat. You know what I mean? And I would have that plan on the way to go pick up to eat. You know, and I went off to college and like... Leaving, leaving a small, like I went to the school and on the school, it was beside a village. <laughs> and at the lunchtime, you went to the village and you ate, um, you know, we just, there was, a, there was like a cafeteria in the school, but you could go, go to the village and we would just eat, buy stuff there. And it was all junk, like all junk food. There was plenty other options, but I just ate junk food. And I remember this friend of mine, he was, he's, he was a thief, you know, that's just, <laughs> I mean, these vans would pull up and like deliver um, food, you know, they were just deliveries to the store and he would steal like boxes of candy bars, good ones, like solid chocolate, not like, not, not junk. And, uh, you know, there was like trays of these kind of pastries that, and like we would eat them. And there was just never enough, you know, I would just eat it and then go back to the school and do that. But it, it um, I went off to college and it was a big thing. Then when I went to college, because like I was in the city and like I used to walk, it was about a, maybe a couple of miles to the thing. And I would stop at like every corner store on the way in, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't buy like a bag of stuff, I'd buy one thing. And of course that was going to be the last one. And then I'd walk to the next one and then I'd walk to the next one. And, uh, you know, and of course, the other, I, the other thing about this is it was very isolating because, you know, there's a lot of shame. So you need that alone time to get, you don't want to be doing that in front of other people all the time. You, you certainly don't want somebody there with a little sheet of paper cutting, adding up the total amount of what's going on. You don't mind them seeing you eat one thing. They just don't want to see you eat the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You know what I mean? And so, um, and then the other thing is the crazy, the insanity of it is somehow you think it's a secret. You know what I mean? And like, I mean, I probably then I was like 280, whatever, some number that wasn't, it's not on any health and normally charted things. 
And it was, um, I was on that. But you think that no, it's not that you're ashamed of being fat, but you still are, you hide the fact that you eat. Like it didn't make any sense. Like it, they, they know, <laughs> you know what I mean? People have to recognize that. And, and you know, the other thing too is, one thing about that, and what I love, love about Overage Anonymous is, Normal people do not understand. They have, they have no clue, right? And they can't understand, and they probably won't ever. I mean, we just, I just had a discussion with my wife last night. I was frustrated because she, like, I wasn't going to eat what she was eating. So she said, I made this dressing, and I put a little bit of sugar in it. And I'm like, we've had this discussion 27 times, right? <laughs> you could set it on fire. I'm not eating it, you know what I mean? Like... But it was like, and she knows that, but it's not, it's just not in her purview. It's not an understanding that she has, you know? And I, and of course I have to like calm myself down. My, my, my absence is my responsibility and all that. And she is super supportive of it. And you know, God bless her for all of it. So I'm just like, I just got to take it back to me. But then, you know, after college, um, college was just like, I, I drank a lot, and there was one year I, I started doing this thing. I got started going to the East Coast of the United of like in New Jersey, New York, and I stayed with my family. And I would diet and work. I would work landscaping and diet all summer and lose a bunch of weight. And then I'd go back to college and I gain all that weight back. You know what I mean? The, the following year. And the thing was, one year I didn't, but I drank all the time. You know what I mean? And I I don't. I just substituted that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of wrap up. I don't want to go on too much about it. But then after that, I moved over to Southern California and I'm not recommended this in any way, shape or form. But there was a period where I started to do some hard, hard drugs like cocaine and meth and stuff like that. And like one thing I'll say about them and I'm not, they're deadly disease. They'll kill you. They're the worst things ever. But the thing is, I remember thinking, I don't want to eat. Like, I don't want to eat when I'm on this. And it's, when, I'm, when I was done, I would want to eat. <laughs> but during that, I was like, and it was a relief. You know what I mean? And it was a relief. And it's not a recommended relief at all. And it's also temporary. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, of course, eventually I got to be an overweight drug addict. <laughs> but the thing is, and the, I say that because that got me going to a 12-step program. You know, I had an agreement with the Orange County, as it were, that I should go to meetings. <laughs> and, <laughs> And they had, um, I went to a 12th meeting, then I went to an NA meeting, and they said, I don't care what meeting, NA, you know, AA, CA, whatever, just go to meetings. And I went to the meeting, and there was a speaker, he was a heroin addict, and he had this big, long story, like, his name was Kenny, I remember it, and he, like, it was, like, ups and downs, and arrested, and out of jail, you know, but I remember the story, and I was thinking, like, if this guy was talking about food, I could have gone beat by beat with him. Mm-hmm. Particularly in how it like it gripped him. It didn't matter. It gripped him, and that was my story with food. It was in charge. Like I was following where that is. <laughs> Janice and Jimmy are calling. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that was you know, and but the good thing about that is pretty soon after that I um, started going. I maybe like about, I knew, I heard about OA and about six months I started going to meetings. And you know, and I'd just been a newcomer in AA and I worked a, a you know, a program there. I had a spot at everything. And uh, I had one missed start, you know what I mean? But I, you know, 
was really working a program with a really solid fellowship with a lot of people and a lot of support. And, you know, like they were like, dude, you need to get sober. You were, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they were right. I needed to get a basis there. But I started, I knew about OA. And after about six months, I started going to OA, OA meetings. And I, well, maybe even before that, I, yeah, maybe I went to one. And the guy said, there's a meeting. On, it was a very small meeting. And most of us had been at Taco Bell or somewhere like that before. And, and, no, and the thing is, we, I, he told me the next meeting, there's a meeting Saturday mornings at Hoff's Hut. And, and, and I couldn't forget that piece of information, <laughs> that there was a Saturday morning meeting right by John Wayne Airport in, in Orange County. And the thing is, I went to that, I remember after a certain amount of time, like I tried to diet off the weight and I tried to work the program in AA, which is the most absurd thing in the world, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> for me, because it's like, you know, you, if your toe is sore, you don't go to an arm guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you, and that's what like work in OA and AA or whatever. And, um, and I can understand why. And like, that's the thing is, and I, what happened was, and I go into this meeting and, you know, and I say that for a reason because I, I came to OA and I didn't want to sponsor. I didn't want to work the steps, but of course I wanted to lose weight. And so basically, I don't know what I want. Like, I didn't want to do the, I had these conditions about it, like I didn't want to do, but I wanted to lose weight, of course. And you know, there's a book, The Lifeline Sampler. And I looked through that for stories of, about people who did that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like when I look back at it, like, I mean, I don't know what I wanted, you know, but, I, but one thing I, th I think an awful lot about this program is that we kind of transition to the steps is that like, it's a disease of mainly in the, in the mind, you know, it says it in this book. And the thing is, it's mainly the mind. And it's like, that's the mind of the disease right there. You're at an OA meeting and you're like, well, I don't need to be involved. Let me not, like, I'm trying to navigate my way to not do it. Like, I'm in the meeting. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense, but of course it makes sense because ultimately I don't want to give up control of the food. I don't want to let it go. You know what I mean? I have a death grip on it. And, and it's terrifying because I know I'm powerless and I have some imagined future where it's not, you know, in charge and I don't, but if you, have, but letting go of what's in front of me today is terrifying, right? So, uh, but, you know, thank, the people in that meeting, I got to say, they were so welcoming. And it, it was great because there was people of all different, there was people all different stages, all different sizes, people with like long term, you know, and all of that. And I couldn't, um, I couldn't, uh, you know, I, could, I had no excuses, like I had a seat there, right? And the other thing is I felt comfortable there because by that stage I had tried to diet off and then I gained back a bunch of weight. And you know when you gain back weight really fast, like it's so uncomfortable, you know? And you've just also gotten a bunch, you know, more people are like, you look good, you've lost some weight, things are good. And then, do you know that deadly silence when you gain it back? They're just like, they're just like, you know, and you know, you're thankful for the silence. I'm not blaming them, you know, because you, you don't want their opinion of you gaining the weight back. But that deadly silence always got me. And I was in that phase and I went. And then pretty soon after that, I moved up here to, to, and I called somebody on the phone and they hadn't eaten between meals for six years. And I was like, 
that's something I can't do. Because I was trying all of the stuff. I wasn't working a program. I was trying to eat three meals a day. I was trying to do that. And of course, it wasn't working. <laughs> None of it was working. And uh, I mean, I t- that breakfast meeting where you, they eat breakfast at the meeting in Hoff's Hut. They used to. I mean, I don't know. It's years ago. But the thing about it is I ate before, during, and after the meeting. Like, literally, I would eat. I would eat at the meeting, and I would eat on the way home. You know what I mean? And I won't go into the details, but I could tell you where. <laughs> you know? And like a typical day. For, so what happened is I got up here. I met somebody. We just went to the Friday night meeting in, in San Francisco, the Lifeboat Group. And, um, you know, I started the program. And, I, you know, I, I'll do that. But then I, let's go on to the, the, the steps. Like in first step, step one was like for me, it's, I mean, obviously it's a key because it's the first one, you know, I'm not, like, that's not a, but I think it's, a lot of people want to take it, including me, want, and I just go my experience, but I've also worked with a lot of people, they want to take it as red, you know what I mean, that I've, oh yeah, I'm powerless, but like really understanding powerlessness and your powerlessness was key to me, to my, um, how, how far in am I on the timing? Um, yeah, no, but how, do you know how many minutes I'm in? Uh, uh, the uh, I just got to kind of pace myself a little bit. <laughs> um, but anyway, you have fifteen minutes to go. To go? That seems. Are you sure? <laughs> I thought I had forty minutes. Sorry, I thought I. Had... Yeah, but I had gone for twenty already. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. yeah. Okay, sorry. I was I wasn't paying attention. I thought I was. Um, The, are you sure it's slow? <laughs> it says I'm going for 17 here. What step are we on? No, but look, it says 17. Step one. Is that? 17 minutes. So you have 43 minutes. Yeah, 23 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was going to, <laughs> that was really, it didn't matter. I don't have that much. Just, I can stop and go. But at the same time, I want to be cognizant of that. So, it's all right. Let's go. I got, I'm going to go by Patty's recorder here. So the, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the main thing is about doing step one, and it's really admitting it, what it is for me. So for me, I, um, like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to relinquish control of the food. That was essentially it. But I also, did, you know, I knew I was doomed, you know, when I got to that meeting, because I knew I couldn't eat three meals a day. And I had done all the diets, and I knew, like every diet I'd ever done, what would happen is there'd be a day I'm not on the diet, right? You know, I would start the diet, and then there would be a day that I'm not on the diet. And that day would start the thinking, I'm going to get back on the diet sometime in the future. But it never really happened, you know what I mean? And that could go on for years, you know what I mean? It could go on for years and years and years. Or it could go on for a few months, or it could go on for a year. And then something would happen, and I would start something else. You know what I mean? A new gym. I remember I went to um, one of those pain-way places. You pay them, they weigh you, and, and they give you food. And, like, you know, they tell you all their little pep talk. And it's, again, it's normal people telling you, like, imagine yourself in a button-down shirt. And I'm like, <laughs> and by the end, I'm pretty cynical, you know, and I'm like, F, you know, F you with your shirt, just give me the food, take my money, you know, because today is the day I can start. I knew I can do this. And, you know, I'll do this from some period of time. But luckily, I had gone through enough of all of that, that I got to a point where I was 
like I just couldn't do it, you know, anymore. So what happened is, and I, I met somebody and they, I used the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, not because I surveyed all the literature and thought that was the best. It's because the people I asked for help, that's how they had gotten, you know what I mean? And I don't think it's, there's a right or wrong, so I was just very clear about that. There isn't a right, wrong or whatever. I just think that's what happened for me, right? And what I've done is, like, I'll, I'll show you a picture, you know, if you see, like, I read it a few times, <laughs> you know what I mean? And what I got in there is that what I got a picture mostly in the first 64 pages is powerlessness. You know, like just a picture of powerlessness, you know. And I got, for me, step one was I wrote out a history of my food, like a drunkalog of just my examples of powerlessness over and over and over again. And the thing with them is it was such a powerful experience to share that with somebody else that wasn't a normal person where they weren't like, why can't you just, or just stun silence or whatever. <laughs> like, you, I knew this person understood what I had and understood my disease, you know, and didn't, wasn't shocked by it. It was just some random, you know, it was just a different eating story is what it was. It wasn't a particularly bad or good one. So the next thing is I, um, I love, of all the ones in here, the one I like the, the most is there's a chapter called More About Alcoholism. You know, there's a couple of pages right there. And it's like, it's just, I mean, I don't read, but it just kind of tells the absurdity of the whole thing, how over and over again, like you swear off forever. And like, like literally it could be in minutes, you're back eating, you know what I mean? And you just have to really, like the thing, and I, and I worked, you know, with sponsees and stuff. One thing I think that's really helpful to me about working the steps is to really sit and think about it. Just like in your own honesty, quietly, and just really sit and think about like, what's going on? Because I think that's the key to it. And then I think uh, my life's unmanageable and they're easy questions for you to come over. Like, you know, my, where's your checkbook? What's your balance? What's your credit cards? You know, like, how's your, how's your, your work career? How's your romantic career? You know, it's easy to find an unmanageability, you know, at least it was for me anyway. So the deal is, and you know, and I had a job and all of that stuff, but it was still unmanageable. But I, but I think the thing that stuck, that I stuck a lot was it's mostly in the mind. The disease is still mostly in the mind. And so, and the thing I see mostly is how that unconsciously, I rationalize eating, you know what I mean? Unconsciously, I rationalize eating because I'll, um, I have to be here when there's cake. You know, I have to go to this wedding. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to bring something. Just like all these have-tos around food. And, you know, there's no have-tos around food, right? There, you know what I mean? Like, all these other people in the world are going to be totally fine without me doing anything around their food. You know what I mean? So the thing is, I don't have any kids. That may be different if you have kids. But other than that, it's not. But, like, and the thing is, but I still, my mind makes these, would make these reasons why I need to be. So that's it. Step two, for me, wasn't... So then the thing is, I really, I got step one, then step two is like, what are you going to do about it? Because you're like, and that's the terrifying part is, I'm terrified now because I can't stop eating. And now I've just realized I have no control. <laughs> so now what happens? I'm going to be like this forever. And you know, that, that's a terrifying feeling, you know, and that, and luckily that's where like step two, step two comes in. There is a solution. 
And the one thing I like about that, because for me, step two wasn't a problem, but I can, there's a lot of people it is. And they knew, they knew about the people who wasn't a problem because they wrote or put a chapter in the book called We Agnostics, you know what I mean? It wasn't an, you know, it's not unique, you know what I mean? But the thing I like that I take a lot from this is we must find a spiritual basis, right? That's the thing I think that's really good is we must find a spiritual basis. And I think that's what I like to focus on is spiritual action and a spiritual basis rather than, and all my sponsor ever said is I must find a higher power and it must be a loving higher power. And we haven't had a discussion in 26 years since <laughs> about it. You know, we've talked a billion times, but we haven't had to define that more other than it being a loving higher power. And so I don't want to, um, but what happened for me then is I started to ask that higher power, power for help. You know, I said, like, help me to, you know, do whatever I need to do, right? And so that was the um, the kind of beginning of my program, you know, around step two. And I, I'm kind of light on step two because I just started to do it. You know what I mean? I just started to do it. And I'll, I'll circle back a little bit. And then I got to step three. And step three was, um, I like, the thing I like about step three, uh, on, I think it's, let's see. Do you know, right after the ABCs in the big book where it goes like, we were alcoholic, we cannot manage our own lives, and, and such and such. You know, there's only the pages there where they're 60, 60. And it's like, it's all about um, the actor running the show. You know what I mean? I want to, you know, and what does it say? Most people try to live, to, try to live by self proportion Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show. And like one thing that I think in here is very pertinent, especially to most of readers, is like, because we always think of the alcoholic who's like blustering and, dominating but then they said you know and everybody including himself would be pleased life would be wonderful if trying to make this and uh, sometimes he is quite you know in, in to make these arrangements our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous he may be kind considerate patient generous even modest and self-sacrificing and like I, I identify like with that because I, I grew up in an alcoholic home and it's it's manipulative I, I can be a manipulator, you know what I mean? And so sometimes manipulators are really nice to you, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, they don't shout at you and they do, but they can still manipulate you. And I think like what, for me, a lot of step, step three was about the opposite of this. It was about surrendering, you know, just doing the footwork and just doing that and turning my life and my will over was just doing the footwork. And um, so initially, I did it. I did everything. It was, in fact, it's, it's almost easier when you're really new because it's like, by the time I went to all the meetings I went to, by the time I'd done whatever assignments I was doing with my, my sponsor, and, and by the time I'd like eaten the three meals and nothing in between and no sugar and done all that stuff, there wasn't much time left, you know what I mean? <laughs> there wasn't like, there's still a load of time, but I just went to meetings. That's all I did. But it was very simple. And then I started to do service, you know, at meetings. And one thing about service is service on my program is almost the opposite of like this is where you're trying to be, like get out of self. I do it all for me. Like, you know what I mean? I'm here today. Like I tell this to, to sponsees all the time, you know, because I mean, people feel ashamed when it doesn't work out and they're struggling and they're having difficulty and they feel bad because they feel they're disappointing you. And I, and I say this a little bit facetiously, but 
the thing is, I go, it's working perfectly for me. This relationship is working perfectly for me. Like, I'm abstinent today. So I got like more than 100% out of what I got from this relationship. You don't need to, you know, like they don't need to worry about me in this. They need to focus on them, you know what I mean? And I think that's the thing is like, if you set up the chairs, you set up the chairs for you. If you, do, if you collect the thing, because, and my experience, it works perfectly. So then I uh, kind of, um, I won't go on too long. The, the thing I see is what I, um, in, I learned it in the, around food and like around this program is I have to go initially I'm powerless. You know what I mean? Like, and I have to be convinced. I don't want to be like in, in, in words only powerless. I have to be convinced I'm powerless. My efforts are not going to change this. Then at that point, I'm, I'm at like, I just need to get to the first point of surrender. And I start to surrender. And that was by showing up to a meeting, going, calling somebody, doing, that's surrendering for me. You know what I mean? Because it's out of me and I'm surrendering. And then I surrender. And the next thing I do is once I surrender a little bit, um, I turn, it's almost step two. I, I just, I say like, it's almost a scary word. And I might say this to someone, be, to my, I ask my higher power for help. I just say help, you know, the shortest prayer ever, <laughs> you know what I mean? In the right direction. And I, and it's amazing once I take that, it's amazing then what happens is something opens up and that help turns into like, help with a little bit longer and I, maybe I start to share about it at meetings. Maybe I make a call and start to talk about the problem with somebody and maybe I have to do something. And the next thing you know, I'm talking to my sponsor about it, you know, and that's not where I started because I, you know, part of like the control and the powerlessness is I don't want to give up control. I want to do it my way because of course I want to do it my way because I, I want to be not 333 pounds and I still want to eat sugar sometimes, you know what I mean? And I want to do, or do whatever I want to do around food. And it just didn't work. That surrendering means letting go and just like not prescribing what I actually have to do. But the other thing is what I did there, and then what I have to do is I start talking and then a, a course of action comes out in front of me. And like, and I believe all the action is spiritual action, right? Okay, thanks. And uh, I'll, I'll because I know we got to keep on time for the whole meeting, so I'll, I'll, I'll take five minutes. The thing is, what happens then is, what I'll do is, I'll, um, the spiritual action, it's like making calls, going to meeting, sharing, writing, talking, you know, whatever it is, I just take it. It takes different forms. And often it's like in the practical world, it's actually, you know, it's, it's like I, I travel, I'm from Ireland and I go, I go there a lot, but I remember when I had six months, I went there. Spiritual action is when you get off the plane, go into the store, organizing breakfast for the next day so that when you get up, it's not, there's no ambiguity. You know, that's a spiritual action, you know, if you've committed to abstinence and stuff like that. And then I just take the spiritual action and, you know, make it, it's doing the footwork, I think, is there. And it's amazing when I take that pattern through my whole life, it's amazing the things that change as a result of it. Like... I didn't have, I haven't had to compulsory overeat for like a long time. I haven't had to gain and lose huge amounts of weight. You know, my weight hasn't been like exactly the same for the whole time. But prior to program, weight shifts were in like 
25 pound to 50 pound increments you know what i mean now if i i could have to call my sponsor because there's a two point two pound change or something like that but like back then it was like in this massive squats and the deal is i just don't have to do it and then the the other thing about this is this one two three i carry that pattern into everything else like i said you know a little bit about finances look i've always had like a a, a good job thankfully you know as a gift and um but I did, you know, I was careless about money and you know what I mean? So I did action about it and I went to meetings and I, I wasn't an act, a real active person in those meetings, but I went and I learned stuff and I took action and, you know, like it's really, you know, it's just the same thing. I admitted it wasn't right and I was powerless. I took some action. I asked God for help. I talked about it and then I started to take some action. And then sometime later, it's in the rear view mirror. Then I was absent for years and I, like a huge one was relationships for me. I was just terrified. And it didn't manifest as terrified. I just didn't do it. I didn't ask girls out and I didn't do, you know what I mean? I just didn't do it, I was terrified. And I couldn't even articulate it as being terrified, but I was terrified. So the deal is, and of course I started to do it and I got into one relationship, a couple of relationships, one early on and that ended really quickly. And then I got another relationship and it was, I don't wanna like, it was absolutely mutual, but it was kind of one of those mutual hostage situations, you know what I mean, where everyone's hanging over. <laughs> where everyone's like, I don't know what's going on here, but you know, it's there. And it ended, and it's painful and thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it, there was too much. And then what happened is I got out of that and I was in a lot of pain. And it really, I was really like, had to come to the thing, like, I'm terrified. I don't know how to do this. And I talked to like oh, amazing people in this program were so helpful to me. They were so they listened to the same you know blah 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 whatever over and over again. But they were so helpful. And I asked, you know, but I worked a program for her. I asked, you know, my higher power for help. I talked to my sponsor. I talked to the program. I took all the actions. I remember I had to fill out. You know, I did that thing. I met my wife on eHarmony and you know, the dating program. <laughs> And uh, everybody's online now, but back then it was like thing. But you have to answer all these questions. And I was like, eh. I was such like cynical doing it, but I did it. You know what I mean? And I had like the, you know, the, the lonely photos, you know, the <laughs> <laughs> And then I asked my friends to come and they took some other photos and we put those photos up and stuff like that. And, you know, it became like less of a thing. And, and this amazing thing happened. And I just say this like, you know, because I... Outside, it's one really good example outside of the food where one, two, three worked. Was I remember I went, I went on quite a few dates, you know, on that program, and it was really good. And uh, everybody was super nice. And you know, it's just you don't click with everybody, but there was everybody was super nice. But there was some this like miracle happened because I'm a person who was terrified of what they would think of me. Would they reject me? Would they like me? Would they what? And I just realized, I remember being a thing. This other person is just another person in the world looking to meet someone. They're no different than I am. They're not, they're not, they're just there, just like me. And it was, an, you know, it was like this complete hundred, like I, it's not, 180 doesn't really, I had to spin a few around a few times. It was more degrees than 180, but it was such a change in attitude. And it was such a freedom. It, it like, it literally was miraculous shift in my thinking and you know, soon after that, I met my wife and it was easy. And, you know, you know, it's been a great thing. You know, we've been married for 16 years this week. You know, it's like, and, you know, that's a good thing. And 
I couldn't have done that without this program. You know what I mean? And I couldn't have done it with, like for me, and that's why I love Overeaters Anonymous. That's why I love this program. It's, it works for me. And this is the way I do it. And I hope I've kind of all over the place on the steps, but I really work like if you can get to the place of like just really admitting that you're powerless and then you turn to the programming and, and a higher power of your understanding, it, like it can work. I think, I think the rest opens up. I don't think you need to figure, like the rest will open up in front and the actions and what needs to happen will happen. And that's my belief. And that's what I've seen happen. You know, I've seen a mir miraculous thing happen for other people in this program. People are awake. So thanks very much. Thanks for having me.